Good morning. That's one of my favorite songs I can only imagine. I just can't believe when I get to see him and all his glory, what I will think, what I will do. It's just amazing just to have that thought. Today's uh, theme is judgment. We just come off the judgment house, and so it's going to be judgment today. And I want you to see how God prepared his disciples for that. But he's also giving us a message here today to be ready. I know we've been waiting a while, but we need to be ready. I got two youth that are going to help me out. I got Jay and Tessa, if they'll come up here. I'm going to have them read our scripture today. It comes out of Matthew 25. As they're coming up, uh, man, I just want you to be in prayer. This has been a busy week. Judgment House, we've had over 600 people go through Judgment House this week. I think on Wednesday night we had six saved, and all week we had about ten, so that was pretty awesome. And man, yeah, let's give them a praise and glory. And then, uh, man, our football boys did good. I was proud of each one of them. They did good this week. Awesome week. I didn't get to go to the game because we had Lucy Jones pass away, and I got to officiate at her funeral, and that was pretty awesome. We got to celebrate her life, but uh, it's been a full week here at Dorisville. But much is given, much is expected, okay? And this church exists for the gospel, all right? It's kind of like uh, we were out at this scene where the crash scene was. I was going to make a joke on Somebody had a wreck getting to church. You see it in the front uh, lot there. I mean, they had a wipeout. That's what I call parking lot rage there, trying to get to church. You know what I mean? No, but we had a fire out there and woods for burning. And that's what the church is. It's for the gospel, just like woods for burning, okay? And uh, I want you to see that today in this scripture passage. This is Jesus talking. He gives three stories, three parables. They're short stories. But people can relate to a short story because that's where they lived. That's what they saw every day. And he brings a truth in each one of these short stories. And so he puts three of them together. And we're going to study all three today. And I got these youth up here to help read some scripture today because it is the whole chapter of 25. So you guys ready? Yeah. All right. To read, start one. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to, the, to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside, calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. 
He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to, began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, and my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops you didn't plant and gather, gathering crops so you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I, was, I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I have harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops I, did, I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the, the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant, useless servant into the out, outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him he will sit upon his glorious throne all the nations will be gathered in his presence and will he will sit upon his glorious throne oh sorry he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats he will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left the king then the king will say to those on his right come you you are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these bro my brothers and sisters, you, will, you were do doing it to me. Then the king will, will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones. And the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when do we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the, le the least of, oh, when, when you refuse to help the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment by the righteous who will go into eternal life. 
Amen. Thank you, guys. Let's give them a round of applause. They did good. <laughs> guys, he tells three parables there. Jesus is famous for his parables because he was so connected with the people's life that he knew the stories and he knew the truth that he wanted to illustrate, but he just wanted to communicate to it and make sure they understood. This parable on the ten bridesmaids, that was a big deal. Weddings were a big deal back then, okay? And they still are today, okay? I mean, Trey just got married, him and Laney, so that was a big deal. I wish I was there, but had a grandbaby coming, all right? But uh, ten bridesmaids. It said five were foolish and five were wise. I kind of asked myself, what made the difference? Do you ask yourself that? What makes the difference? I'm sure they were all waiting for the bridegroom because it said that they were sleeping. All the wise and the unwise. But what made the difference was the oil in the lamp. All ten had lamps. All ten had lamps that would burn. But not all ten had lamps that would burn all the way through the processional that night. You know, Jesus calls us, we're a city on a hill, a light that cannot be hidden. I love to work with kids. This little light of mine, I keep thinking of that every time I think of the light. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know what I mean? He talked about that in his uh, sermon, uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He talked about that in Revelation, how we have a lampstand that represented the church. Guys, oil back then when I was doing my research meant the spirit. You know what you need to live a Christian life? You need the indwelling of Christ's spirit. We can't do it on our own. No matter how we try, we might look like everybody else. But when it comes to letting our light shine, we need God's Holy Spirit living, each, living in each one of us that should give us an inkling of what's inside each one of us, okay? So the oil made a difference. Their spirit made a difference. His spirit in their life made a difference, okay? The other thing I see here is... Some of them have made preparation. How do you prepare God's spirit inside of you? How do you get more of God's spirit inside of you? It said you can't go out at the last minute. They were mad at the other five because they didn't want to share theirs with the others. Okay, because if they shared, they wouldn't be able to go through the procession and get to the wedding feast. But they couldn't go buy it either, okay? Because that's what he told them to go do. When they went to go buy it, they came back to the wedding feast, and what was the deal? The door was shut. They were out of luck. God's saying, hey, be ready for when I come back. And you're responsible for your own spiritual growth. You're responsible for your own walk with the Lord. Wow. You know the why? He gave us his word. This word is truth. 
This word needs to be applied to each one of us. It needs to be studied and it needs to be the, the thing that matters most in our life. You see, that's what made the difference in these five wise ones is they took it and applied it to their life. They were ready. Even though they fell asleep, the cry came and they got up and they went. And they made it to the wedding feast and they were there. The five unwise didn't make it. They looked like everybody else. They acted like everybody else. But their lamps didn't work. Their spirit wasn't there. Wow, wise. Here's the other thing I get out of this. Oil comes from the inside, your spirit. Inside the lamp. I just got done preaching on my heart, how God dealt with me on my heart. When I was studying this, this heart, I had to uh, let the doctors take care of it. I couldn't do it myself. Same thing with my spiritual walk. You have to say, Lord, I need help. Can you come in and help me do the things that I need to do? Can you prepare me in the way I need to go? And that brings us down to our second parable. You remember it? It's the one on the talents. The first servant, he was going on a trip. He gave five talents to one. He gave two talents to the other one. And he gave one talent to one of them. And that was all based on their ability of the owner. The owner knew the slaves. They knew who they were. And he portioned the talents out the way that they needed to be. Some translations use gold. Some translations use money. Uh, you might consider that a year's wage they were given. They were given a lot, okay? Uh, even the one that gave one was still given something. But it was on his ability. Here's the deal. When he told this thing, they were very used to that time and age being given stuff by their owner, by being useful servants. God tells us to be a servant of Christ. Don't be a chief. Don't be a boss. Be a servant. If you want to be great in this world, be a servant. Okay? Serve others. The one that had five when he came back had how many more? Five more. The one that had two had two more. Two plus two kids, four. But you know what the one did? He went out and dug a hole and put the master's talent in a hole. You might think that's strange, but in Matthew... It said you know, that uh, one of the guys found a great treasure digging one day. And when he found that great treasure, he went and purchased the land. And then he claimed the treasure as his own. Okay? So that was a common practice. You had something that was value. You hid it. You put it in a safekeeping spot. And that's what that servant thought he was doing, putting it in safekeeping. But the master didn't give you the talents to just keep. He made you to use those talents to make more. 
But here's the thing. The reason we don't do that sometimes is our fear. Are we not courageous enough to know that we can take a chance? Okay? That's the reason I like that verse in Joshua. Be strong and courageous. And again, I tell you, be strong and courageous. Because when God calls you to live this Christian life, he doesn't always give you the end of the story. He wants you to serve him with faith. He wants you to serve him and then know that there's going to be great joy when he comes back because you've done it well. Both the first two servants got rewarded. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and rejoice with me. The one that had one that went out and buried it, he didn't get such a welcome. He gave excuses. Guys, I work a lot with young kids. I work a lot with youth. I work a lot with myself. You know what call was coming to me this week? Oh, man, you want to go to the football game. I really like to be at a football game, but, man, I had other things I needed to do. But you see, you make choices in life. You do the things that you need to do that God's prepared for you in advance. By me going and ministering to a family, I got to share Jesus. That was awesome. Lucy lived a great life. And you know what? I told the family, I said, how do you know somebody lived a great life? Is it by all the money they have, all the possessions they keep, all that stuff, the clothes they wear? How many people come to their funeral service? No. You know how you live a life well? It's being ready for when he comes back. For being ready for that time when you pass away that we know that you've served Jesus and you're ready to go face judgment. You're ready to go celebrate with the king. God gives us talents, guys, to use. He's blessed this church a lot. Each one of us is blessed differently. And I thank God that we're all not the same. I thank God I'm not able to read as well as I need to read. And I had two youth come up here to read our scripture today. That does my heart good because I'm passing it on. I'm passing on the thing of, hey, come up here and share, share the gospel. Share Jesus. There's something about just reading his word, guys, that doesn't go out void it goes out and God accomplishes the stuff that he needs to accomplish. The one that had won, it said the servant, the master, knew exactly his ability. The master was disappointed because he just buried it. Guys, do you know? We need to be waiting well, using what God gave us and using it very well. You know, this church exists for the gospel. You exist to share the gospel. And when we put those two things together, man, God is glorified. Okay, and that's big. That's what we're designed to do. So, awesome there. Uh, here's the other deal. I got in my notes. The amount didn't matter. It mattered to that one servant that got one but the amount shouldn't matter what matters is what you do with that amen you get that part and what the master intended for them to do is obey 
when he told them to go out and use their talents. This last parable is on judgment, guys. He separated the sheep and the goats. It said, he came in his glorious throne and Jesus comes to judge. He comes to separate the sheep and the goat. I did a little thing here. I wanted to know what the difference between sheep and a goat is. I kind of know when I look at them. You know, it's going to have two plastic things, a sheep and a goat. One of the things I found out when I was studying about goats, goats will eat about anything, okay? That's the reason they're good to have around. If you don't have a lawnmower or something, man, they can clean your property up. They can clean everything up, okay? They'll eat about anything that's not even eatable they'll eat, okay? But they'll push everything out of the way and make room for themselves, okay? A sheep is not that good. It's actually bad. <laughs> Trey told me about that one, okay? Okay. But a sheep's not as uh, self-centered. If it falls over, it needs help getting back up on its feet. Wow. Do you realize he compares us to sheep? And you know, sheep sometimes are so dumb, they might not eat the right stuff that they need to eat. So the shepherds actually got to watch all the time what they're putting in their mouth. And even if they go to water, if they get all wet, they could drown because their wool will hold all that water and suck them under. They don't know that. Just the opposite of goats. But he compares us to sheep. Here's the deal, folks. That's the reason he gives you the Holy Spirit to accomplish everything that's good in our life. Because he goes with us as a good shepherd to accomplish the good works that we need to do. He empowers us to do the impossible. Whoa. So you get back to this last parable, and he's shepherding the sheep and the goats, and he tells the sheep, well done, my good and faithful servant. And he gives them the reward that's been prepared since eternity. But get this. He goes... When you see me naked, when you see me tired, when you see me in need, you ministered to me. And the righteous, the sheep, go, when did we ever see you in need, Lord, and do those things? He goes, when you did it to the least of these. Ooh. Now, you might be saying out there, Brent, we're saved by grace. We don't have to work. Wrong. If he's working on the inside, he does the work for us. We just need to enable him to use us as a conduit to do the work. Our great commission says, go and tell. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go and do. We get lazy sometimes thinking that we get a free pass. And guys, 
When we get down to the goat here, he separates the goat. And he goes, when you seen me out in public, you didn't come minister to me. And they go, when did we see you out there? The same thing the righteous said. He said, when you thumbed your nose up at the least of these, you did it to me. Wow. Is that a responsibility or what? You know, it does matter what you do. It does matter how you use your talents. And guys, there's no middle ground. I saw a sheep and I saw a goat, but I didn't see anything in the middle. A lot of time a lawyer will always want to say something right there in the middle. But our righteous judge says you're either a sheep or you're a goat. You're either saved or not. Be ready. Wow. Is that in your face or what? I think he wants you to be prepared. You've got to be remindful. When he wrote this, he wrote this to a bunch of Jews who followed a bunch of laws. And by having 600-something laws, how many of you think laws are going to save us? None. The only way you get saved is knowing Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. All right? He comes in, is able to accomplish the good work in us and through us. When you accept him, you're baptized in this water. But when you accept him, you're also baptized in his blood. You take his blood on. And that's the spirit that lives in each one of us to accomplish his good works. That's called grace. He does it. We don't compare notes and say, hey, look at me, look at all the stuff I've done. He doesn't give us that to make us look large. He wants you to be humble when you serve. I'm reminded of what he did when in the Last Supper. Jesus himself strapped on the towel, took the foot basin, and went and washed every one of the disciples' feet. Even Judas, the one he knew that would betray him. Mm. He loves us a lot. He loves us so much to give us three parables to help us be ready for judgment day or when he comes back. He gives us so much to know that we need to treat others the way we would treat Jesus. I came up with this acronym. We need to know how we act. Act is acknowledging Christ's truth. I mean, this isn't my saying here, guys. This comes straight out of the Bible. You heard it today. We just need to apply it to our lives and know that he does the good work in each one of us. And we can't brag about the good works that we accomplish. The other thing is, he gave them this to remind them that there was going to be a judgment day. Parables. When I was a young kid, I loved them. I always loved my mom and dad telling me a good story, you know. And they'd always get the Bible and they'd read these parables. I want to give you a parable today, a modern day parable, kind of compared to this. 
so you'll remember to be prepared. We had an older man in our church not too long ago. I can't remember the guy's name, but he had a Model T. And I remember he had a whole bunch of license plates on his garage. And I'm into cars. I really like cars. And he took me and Dwayne out there, and we got to ride in his Model T, and it was awesome. But he said, Brent, there's one thing about this Model T that's really behind the times. He goes, you know the way you check your gas? I'm going, where is the gas tank on one of these things? You're sitting on it. Okay? But he took the gas cap off, and he got this fancy thing out. It was a paint stirrer. He sticks it down in the gas tank, pulls it up, and goes, we got about a half a tank. I'm going, wow, man, we have come far since then, you know? But that's the reason a lot of Model T's broke down on the side of the road is because a lot of people didn't take the time to check the gas before they left, and they'd be alongside the road. But get modern technology. Your car you drive today has what? A gas gauge. That, that's really helpful. When you go on a long trip, you want to be on a full tank of gas, right? You're ready to roll. But... You know, that wasn't good enough. Still, people ran out of gas. So they come up with this neat computer that rides along in your car that can actually tell you how many more miles you have to empty. How many of y'all like that thing, you know? I, I, I've been known to test it out a couple of times, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm a winner, sometimes I'm not, you know what I mean? But it always never fails when I'm in a hurry. I get farther behind because I didn't have a full gas tank, you know what I mean? But that gas thing is there. And then you also have another thing that's cautionary is a warning light. My wife's really alerted on that is this red light comes up or or orange light comes up and it says low fuel. Reminding you to on your way, stop at a gas station. Do you know people still run out of gas today? Because we all love just to take a chance and say, hey, I don't have to stop on there. I'm going to go some more. Okay? But here's the deal. He gave you these three parables to know that you need to check your gas gauge. That's your spiritual life. To know where you stand. We need you to use your talents here at Dorisville Baptist Church. I know not everybody's gifted the same, and I'm very thankful of that. I know not everybody gives the same. But guys, I'm talking money too. You know, our church is not meeting its budget. You know why? People are going, hey, this is mine. Guys, this isn't mine. This is the Lord's. What I do reflects what's going on in the heart. We shouldn't have that kind of problem. We shouldn't. He's blessed us greatly. Look at this building this last week. I'm very thankful we're in this building. This building was used for 600 and some odd people to go through Judgment House. And also more than 100 people served in here this week having food and fellowship and fun. And there's people out here in each one of these scenes going... Hey, I want to do that for another week. 
Isn't that the way it is when you serve the Lord? You want to do more. You see what he accomplishes through just letting go and letting him do it. Because we're exercising our faith. He created us to give testimony of the good stuff that's happening in our life. This church is so well blessed. And it said in that parable of the talents, to much is given, much is expected. He's going to come back and expect us to further the gospel. We need to do everything we can to make the gospel the biggest part of any ministry we do here at Dorisville because that's what we signed up for as a church. One of these days, he's going to come back. There's not going to be any time left. We need to make sure we tell all our family and friends. Guys, I love these three parables. There's so much in them, but don't base your whole life on them. Just know he's wanting you to know that your spiritual walk is your choice. If you have oil in your lamp or not. Knowing that he blessed each one of you. If he saved you, he gave you a talent. I don't know how many talents you have. I don't know what you got. But he gave you something towards your ability. He knows you better than I do. And he put us all together so we can glorify him. And one day he's going to come back. And there ain't going to be no fool in them. This goat that thinks he's a sheep ain't going to make it over with the sheep. Okay? It's going to be going where the goats go. And he's going to judge. And it's going to be all over. Where you spend eternity is going to be up to you. Just know he loves you. He gave you his son. His best gift at all. And it's the only one way that you can get to heaven. It's through his blood and his forgiveness. And that's what it's all about. So when you're out this week, share about the gas gauge. See where people's gas is. See where their spirituality is. Okay? And help further the kingdom of God. Because he gets the glory when we do that. Okay? So I'm excited today. This is your time of invitation. Guys, I'm not expecting revival to break out, but if it does, great. I'm fired up after this week, okay? But I want you guys to get fired up for serving the Lord. And that's where the sermon ended up today. Be praying for Brother Dwayne and Judy. They come back refreshed and ready to roll because we're ready to roll, right? All right, let's stand. Dear my Father, man, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for our teenagers that got to read your word today. I thank you for our baptism, dear my Father, and Kathy and Braxton that got to be baptized. Dear my Father, I'm thankful for, man, just these people that came to hear your word. Dear my Father, the big thing is we need to apply your word in our life. We need to walk by it daily. I'm reminded in my quiet time this week how you spoke to me through 1 John 3.18. It said, uh, man, word, words are good, 
but I need to be about the deeds. I need to be about doing. And then, my Father, help me not just to talk the talk, but to live the walk. Help our church members to live the walk. Help us to encourage one another along the way. I think of that guy that had one talent, had some encouragement how to use his talent. He would have done better. Help us to be the one that looks for opportunities to serve the down and out. To make a difference because you made a difference in each one of our lives. I just pray that you'd help us to live for you this week. Help us to look for those opportunities, those God appointments. Go with us now. Give us the strength that we need. And any decision we need to make, I pray that we make it. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said.